Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you again, and we welcome those of you that are watching online. We see people are watching from Carolinas, people watching from Indiana, uh, people watching around, and so we're just so thankful. And if you're just staying home because you want to stay home, I pray that you have bed bugs tonight so you get with us next week, okay? Uh, but we're so thankful today. You know, it's, it's really easy to just get adjusted, staying home and watching. But you miss something if you're not here. Now, if you're sick, we understand that, but we certainly appreciate you being here. Looks great today. Look around and uh, smile at somebody maybe today and tell them, hey, you look good. It's good to see you today. So glad and thankful that you're here. Hey, before we jump in today to the GOAT, uh, I want to talk a little bit about our Freedom Ride because it's imperative that you sign up really quick. This is for those of you that are blessed to have a motorcycle and you understand wind therapy. We will be riding on November the 11th. We'll leave here, meet here at 8.30. It's $50 donation. That includes your ride and one t-shirt. There's examples of the t-shirts out there. They're beautiful. Anita did a great job again. And uh, that means every time you pay that uh, military Bible stick goes to one of our uh, servicemen or women. So it's imperative that you sign up as quick as you can so we be sure that we have enough t-shirts to fit you. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, Pastor Kevin will be with us riding again this year, and we're looking forward to that. That's Veterans Day weekend, so we're so thankful. So sign up. Sign up. It's going to be a great ride. Have dinner. Have fellowship. Get to meet people. I know one of the first times we did this, I met a great couple, Tiffany and Travis, and she had her pink motorcycle. And uh, those are memories that we have. And so you, you, you develop a, a friendship and a fellowship. So if you have your Bible, your iPhone, your iPad, however you use the word, would you lift it up? Let's make our confession today. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. It is life today. Today I receive the word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we just come to you today and we're so thankful for everyone that you brought today. We're thankful for all of our volunteers who showed up super early today to be ready to serve and to make a difference with our life. Father, we uh, thank you today for uh, a freedom that we have, that we have Bibles. Because I know there's Christians around the world today that huddle around one passage of Scripture they've torn out of the Bible somewhere, and they memorize it, and they pass that around. And Lord, in our homes, we have sometimes four or five Bibles. Lord, teach us to cherish your Word, to live with your Word. And today, Lord, as I open this Word, I open it humbly asking you today, Holy Spirit, to anoint me, because without you, I can do nothing. They're just words. But Lord, and also anoint our ears and give us receptive hearts, not uh, hearing with uh, the enemy giving us condemnation or judgmentalism, but Lord, just hearing the freshness of your heart of what you would say, for your word is true. We believe in your word. And so today, help me to say everything that I should don't let me say anything I shouldn't say today. And Lord, I just pray at the end of the service today that you will be glorified, 
the saints will be edified, and the enemy will be terrified today in the name of Jesus. Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 13, because I'm going to be looking at a really one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I was reading this day about uh, one time, and it happens a lot right now, airlines are canceled, right? Flights are canceled, bad weather, what, something didn't show up. And so uh, uh, there were people standing in line to change their flights because the flight they were on was canceled. And there was one man pushed through the crowd, went all the way to the front, threw his hand down on the, on the counter and said, I have to be on this flight, and it has to be first class. And the lady said, I, I'm sorry, sir, I'll take care of you gladly when I take care of the other people that were in line before you. And then he yelled real loudly. He said, do you have any idea who I am? And quickly she picked up the microphone and she said to this over the whole audience at the airport, may I have your attention, please? I have a passenger here at gate 10 and he does not know who he is. So if anyone knows his identity, please come to the gate. Wow, what a gal. I love that lady, right? <laughs> we live in a world today that people want to be great, don't they? They want to be the goat. Uh, what does that stand for? Well, Muhammad Ali, formerly known as Cassius Clay, when he said it first, he said, I am the what? Greatest. GOAT is an acronym for the greatest of all time. So let's settle it once for all. Some of you posted this week when uh, uh, we asked about, you know, what's your favorite superhero? So let's settle it today. What's your favorite superhero? Would it be Wonder Woman or Captain America? All right, some of you have others like Anita had Underdog. I know, right? You have all of those. What about basketball? Is it Jordan or LeBron? Uh, what about football, Brady or Unitas? Uh, or how about Jim Brown? There's some good ones. But really it is Jesus right here, a superhero. Jesus said, this is how I save the world. Now, look around today. Beside you, in front of you. Go ahead, just look around. <clears throat> What's that person? What kind of person are they? Now, I know none of you are like this here. But we live in a world in which people are selfish, self-centered, self-gratifying, and full of self-promotion, right? In fact, if you go Google self-promotion, there'll be article after article of how you can promote yourself. Here's some I looked up this week. The art of self-promotion. Here's another one. Six ways to get your work discovered. Forbes wrote one called self-promotion is a skill. Here's my favorite. 40 ways to self-promote without being a jerk. <laughs> right. We all meet those people, don't we? Always promoting themselves, promoting themselves. Self but when it comes to the kingdom of God, God has a different standard of what makes people great. In the world, we look at people, say, hey, look at my shoes, look at my car, look at my tan, see my post and my vacation. We look at those posts, you know, and they're just set up right. They got their Bible set there. They got a, a notebook there, and they've got the, all of that, and then they fold their hands over that, and then somebody takes a picture of that, and then they post it, right? What's it about? Is it about the Bible? No. Is it about prayer? No. What is it about? Look at me. Look at me. Hear what 
I've done, see who I am. That's the world we're living in today. Man, I mean, you, you look at the social media and it's just full of people. It's all about me, me, me. They want to be the greatest. I'm the greatest salesman. I'm the greatest this. I'm the greatest something else. But in the kingdom, how many of you are part of the kingdom of God? Would you raise your hand? Well, if you didn't raise your hand today, we'll give you an opportunity. At the end of the day, you can enlist in the kingdom of God. It's the greatest kingdom to be a part of. But in the kingdom of God, it's not all about that I'm the greatest. The greatest in the kingdom of God is a man by the name of Jesus, right? But Jesus also said, I want you to know that in the kingdom, there are goats. There are people that are the greatest of all time. Now, we would think, oh, that's somebody that has a super education. They have 20 degrees. They have more followers on the internet than anybody else. They have a TV program. They have something else. But here's what Jesus said. Here's who Jesus says is the goat, the greatest of all time. You need to memorize this verse. It's a theme verse of the Gospel of Mark. It's in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 and 45. Would you read it out loud with me? In fact, would you do me the honor? Paula said it last week. Would you stand and read this with me today in honor of Jesus, who is the greatest? But he also says, I want you to know who in this room is the goat, the greatest of all. Read it out loud with me. Yet... It shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great shall be your servant. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoever desires to become the goat among you shall be what? Verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Oh, uh, great job. You may be seated. That really helps me with that verse. You see, in the kingdom, you want to be sure that you know this, greatness is service, not status. Greatness is service, not status. Pastor Ben, with all the, the degrees that he has, with all the experience, with all the things, he's got a new movie coming out that's built around the book that he's written. He'll be famous. He is famous to us. But one of these days, he'll be a household name to people on the media. But he came to me today, and he simply said, "Am I?" and, and I'll just put it in my words, am I really doing what you want me to do? Because I don't want to just feel like I'm hanging around. Because I, 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 want, I, I want to be sure that what I do is of value. And I thought about that. You see, that's what makes the goat. That's what makes the goat not about, hey, when can I preach next? He didn't say that. When can I promote my book next? He didn't say that. Hey, when, when can you talk about how great I was when I pastored a huge church in California? People probably don't even know how great I was before I came here and how wonderful my wife was. He didn't say any of that. He says, I want to be sure that I'm serving in the way you want. That's a goat. That's the greatest of all time. Greatness is service, not status. Because you see, it's impossible to love Jesus without serving people. Would you say that with me? It's impossible to love Jesus without serving people. Look at somebody and say that. It's impossible to love Jesus without serving people. You see, some of you have come to the Father's house and you sit and you sip and you soak, and you never contribute. Maybe you tip God every once in a while with a little dollar or so. You don't give tithe or 10%. 
But I'm sure if you see something wrong here at the Father's house, you're one of the first ones to complain about it. Or if the songs are not the way that you want, you immediately say, well, I didn't like that song because it was somewhere else. Well, tell me where you're serving. Earn the right. Earn the right to be a critic, and then we'll listen to what you say, all right? Give the Lord a hand clap if you believe that. John 13 and 1, look at this in your Bible. Before the Passover celebration, now remember, Passover celebration, people are in town, they're here from everywhere, man, there's people everywhere, and Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. Jesus knew that in the very next day, he would be arrested, and he's going to begin paying the price. He knew that, but look what he does. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and he underlined this. He loved them to the very end. Now, he has a few hours to live. But before he lives, what does he do? He doesn't go on a vacation. He doesn't go on a spending spree. But Jesus chose to spend the final hours with the disciples that he loved to the end. John says Jesus loved them and he loved them to the end. I've just got to look at that phrase, he loved them to the end. That's the Greek phrase, ace telos, which means not he loved them till he died, but it means he loved them to the full extent. He loved them to the uttermost. It means that there's no end to his love. That's what he was saying. He didn't want to just get away and, and feel sorry for himself and think about what he was serving, but he loved his disciples to the very end. He knows that the very next day, the next few hours, all of them are going to walk away from him. And Peter is going to deny and cuss that he doesn't know him. And Judas is going to betray him. He knows all of that. But instead of saying, you guys are losers, what does he do? He calls them together, and he spends the Last Supper with them, and he spends time with them. It's verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority. See that word authority? Would you underline that? Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and he had come from God, and he would return to God. Notice that. He knew who he was. He knew that all authority was given to him. He knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. Listen, when you know who you are, you don't have to prove to somebody who you are. Whoa, let me say that again. If you know who you are, you don't have to prove to somebody who you are. You see, if you know that you're the goat, the greatest of all, time because you're a servant in the kingdom, then you don't have to go around and prove to somebody. You don't have to do Snapchats about how wonderful you are. You don't have to tell us how many followers you have on the internet. You don't have to tell us about your degrees, but you just serve because you know who you are. You know that you were nothing until Jesus saved you and he saved you and he redeemed you so that you could use your life to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? Yeah, thank you. Jesus doesn't just state his love. He shows his love. He shows it in the most personal, powerful way. By getting on his knees and washing dirty feet. 
See, it's a custom during that time that at the door of your house, I, you know, I put the chair here because we look at the chair because some of us had done like that. But there wouldn't have been a chair. There would have been a towel, probably thrown on the floor. There'd have been a basin. And there'd been a, a pitcher with some water. And uh, because you came in and your feet were so dirty, if you were rich, a servant would wash your feet. But not being rich, Tim, somebody came in your house because their feet, you know, they had sandals on, they've been walking through donkey dung, they've been walking through dust, all of that. They got gnarly, ugly, dusty, crody, smelly feet. And what would you do, Tim? Say, here, let me, let, me, let me wash your feet. Let me take the towel and dry your feet. They've all come together for the last few hours they'll be with Jesus. Towels on the floor. The basin's on the floor. The pitcher's there. But not one disciple says, I can do that. Hey, let me wash everybody's feet. No, they come in because they're the 12 elite. And they're with Jesus. Dr. Luke tells us in his passage about this night, he said that after the supper was finished, they actually got into an argument, the disciples. Not an argument about can I wash your feet? Let me wash your feet. No, you can't wash my feet. Let me wash your feet. No, no. they got in an argument about who's the greatest? Among us, who's the greatest? I imagine John saying, well, everybody knows I'm the greatest. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. So I'm the greatest. I hear Peter saying, are you kidding me? You didn't walk on water like I did. I walked on water. Maybe somebody else says, yeah, yeah, Peter, it's you. And knows that. No, John, it's you. And so they're arguing in the midst of this. And in the middle of that argument, while they're arguing, Jesus looks across the room and he sees two things, proud hearts and dirty feet. And what did Jesus do? He saw a need. Hey, I can do this. This one's mine. What a phrase. I can do this. This one's mine. And he got up and he washed the disciples' feet. Look at this in chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. So he, Jesus, got up from the table, took off his robe or his outer robe. He wrapped a towel, servant's towel around his waist. He poured water into the basin and he moved the basin from disciple to disciple, washed their feet, and then drying them with the towel that he had around him. There's seven things that Jesus did here. First of all, he got up. He got up. Now, sometimes we see the, the, the picture of, of, of the disciples at the Last Supper with Jesus, and they're all in this one beautiful communication line. But it really wasn't like that. It would be like you see on the screen here. This is a, a U-shaped table, three layers to this table, and it's called the triclinium. And so they would be reclining. This is how they ate. They would be reclining on their left elbow, and they would be eating, and their feet, dirty, stinky feet, 
that you never ate a meal without washing your feet. And there they would be. And they've just had the communion, the Lord's broken bread. He's given them the wine. And there they are. They're all lying back. They've been arguing about who's the greatest. And Jesus takes a servant towel and he wraps it around his waist. And he took off his outer robe. Now, when he took off his outer robe, it doesn't mean it, that he just became naked. He took off the robe that was over his, his linen cloth and everything that he had. In other words, you could see what was under the outward garment that he was wearing. And what do you see? Humility. A servant. I wonder today if we could take off the pretentious robe that you're wearing. You know, we put that on when we get in the parking lot, get out of our car. We don't wear it so much while we're in the car, arguing with the kids, arguing with our spouse, talking about how sleepy you are, how tired you are, hope the songs are good today, hope the preacher preaches, hope we get out before 10, 12, 30. I can't believe this and all this. And then all of a sudden we get out of the car and there's those wonderful greeters that help us park cars. Hey, how about giving it up for the team that parks cars, okay? And we put on this garment. How you doing? I'm doing great today, brother. I'm waiting for the word today. It's been a good week. I'm, I'm looking to see what Jesus would do. Come in, somebody stands there, shake your hand. Yeah, I'm awesome. But I wonder what would happen if somehow the Holy Spirit would take the pretentious robe that we have covering what's on the inside. What would be on the inside this morning? A little bit of arrogance, a little bit of pride, a little bit of self-importance, maybe selfishness, seeking status. I've learned, listen to this, I've learned God doesn't care what you do, but he cares the way you do it. You see, you can do the right thing with the wrong way and wrong motives, and it's still wrong. When we talk about washing feet, some of you your attitude is, yeah, I'll do it because I have to do it. It's sort of like using ice water to wash somebody's feet. In other words, I'm better than you. At least I'm giving you some water. I, I'm not going to take time to heat it up. At least I'm doing that. And maybe you can dry your own feet. Or some people would say, you, you're going to go with the microwave. You're going to make it boiling hot water because you want to know when they put their feet down in there, they need to feel uncomfortable because they're a skunk. They're a sinner. They're a lousy person. They're gay. They're homosexual. They're living with somebody who's not their wife. And you want to know, I want to make you feel like there's a pain. I want to be not the whole, I want to be the Holy Ghost in your life. And I want to put you in some hot water. Or sadly to say, I've met Christians who wouldn't use any water and you just do your best to rub it off, rub the dirt off with a rock. But you know what? God didn't call us to do any of that. He called us to be gentle people of the towel. To serve people that you don't even like. 
You look around at church and you say, oh, you know, I don't really care for that person's lifestyle or their choices. And if God asked you to wash their feet, you'd say, heck no. They better repent before I wash their feet. See? Jesus wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured the water in the basin. He knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet. I was thinking this week, how quickly we read over that. He, Jesus, the Son of God, the living water, the good shepherd, the true vine, the bread of life, the light of the world, the living stone, the king of glory, the prince of peace, the great high priest, the righteous judge, the chosen one, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the alpha and the omega, our redeemer, the rock, our sanctification, our righteousness. He kneels down and washes feet. He comes to Peter. Verse 8. Peter protested, you're never going to wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head, Lord, not just my feet. But I want you to look at verse 10. It's critical today for some of you that wake up every morning and wonder, am I saved or am I not saved? Let me show you this scripture. Jesus said, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash. Those are two different Greek words, except for your feet to be entirely clean. Jesus said, if you are bathed, the word there is lua, which means hey, you've gone through a complete washing. How many showered or took a bath today? Thank you. How many of you did a sponge bath? A friend of mine said a different phrase, but I won't say it. All right. So you've been clean. So he said, those who have been completely washed, been completely bathed, they don't need to be washed. The word washed there is the word nipto, which means that you wash a portion of your body. In other words, if you have believed in Jesus Christ and he has redeemed you and he has saved you, you are saved you are redeemed. You don't get saved every day. You don't wake up today and say, am I really saved? I don't feel like I'm saved. I was saved yesterday. Listen, if you were saved yesterday, you don't get unsaved. You don't say, okay, I'm not sure. But we do get soiled. We do get soiled. We see things on the internet that we shouldn't see. We say things that we shouldn't say. We pick up the dirt of this world. So he says, yes, you need to niptoe. You need to find that area of your life where you've allowed sin to come in and you need to apply 1 John that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. My cleanse me, niptoe me because I've already been luoed. I've already been bathed. Some of you struggle all the time. Am I, ple does he, am I pleased with God? Am I saved? Look, if you prayed the prayer and there's been a difference in your life, not that you said words, but you gave him your heart, 
then you're saved. You can't get unsaved. Now, I know you can go through a thing, so don't send me anything this week. I know you can go to the extreme that you deny God, you walk away from him, but that's not an easy thing as you think it is. But there are little areas of our life that we need some nipto. We need some cleaning on that area of our life, in our mind, in our thoughts, and what we say. And then Jesus dried their feet with his towel. He finished the task. And then he says in verses 12 and 15, I've given you an example of what you should do. Now, I want you to go do it. Now, we think of the disciples arguing about who the greatest. Aren't you glad we're not like the disciples? Why why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Because I think sometimes we are. We need the people who watch for need and are willing to say, this one's mine. I got it. Maybe your neighbor needs some help moving. I mean, look, I'm tall. So it seems like every time I go to the grocery store, there's a little old lady about this tall (laughs) that says to me, sir, I know you don't work here, but I'm trying to reach that up there, the very last one that's there. Could you in your kindness get it for me? And I say, are you kidding me? you know who I am? Do you you have any earthly idea who I am? No, thankful on those days. I say, ma'am, I'd be happy to. How many do you need? Well, I just need one. Here you go. Well, thank you so much. You're just so kind. No, I'm not kind. I saw a need. And I simply said, I can do that. I can do that. Where have you seen a need? And the spirit within you said, you can do that. You can do that. One of the guys that, and I can't mention his name because he'd really get upset, that's leading a life group this semester. (laughs) We've been asking him, "Would, would you lead a life group? We see a great potential in you. He said, I have five companies, 120 employees. And when I go to a life group, I like for somebody else to minister to me. But then he said, after he prayed for a while, but you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. That's a goat. That's the greatest of all time. Let me shoot with you. And, 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 and somebody else, they said, we built this. I, I, this, just, this just broke my heart. This, this said, said to me, you know, we built this house so that we could have a life group and so that we could just love and pour in to people. Now, we've, we just built a new house, and I'm afraid you might spill juice on my floor, and I have to clean it up. I got this one. I can do this. Let me shoot straight with you on the back of your notes. Some people, when you serve, will take you for granted. Serve anyway. Serve anyway. Serve anyway. 
I have no idea what point one is. There it is, right. Be humble and serve others. That's a good one, point one, all right? Some people will take you for granted. Look, those of you who park cars, sometimes people run right by you when you tell them to go somewhere else. Some of you, when we ask you at the end, hey, would you just stay just a while so we can worship in the last song? You're like a bat out of hell getting out the door. You never stay for the last worship song. We're going to start receiving our tithe and offering at the end because we really believe God said it's an act of worship. We're not going to do it today, but I just want to set the culture for that, that when we ask you to stay just for a little while, we're still going to get you out so you can beat the Baptist, okay? It'll be all right. Let me be honest with you. Some people will expect you, expect it when you do it. And they don't understand how much you're sacrificing. Serve anyway. Had a mom the other day that's got lots of kids. She's got a very demanding husband. And she said, I just love to serve. I love to go over there and hold those babies. And I feel bad when I can't do it. I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, if anybody had an excuse not to do that, somebody should serve you. With tears in her eyes, she said, I just got to do it. That's a goat. That's a goat. Some people will never say thank you. They'll never appreciate it. Serve anyway. TFH family, what are you waiting for? You see needs around here and you think, I can do that. This one's mine. Maybe it's time to stand up, put your phone down, turn TV off. Say, you know what? I can do that. This week I had some of the team that I'd asked to send in needs and this is what the needs came in this week that there's a great opportunity for building grounds and maintenance team. This team will work behind the scenes in the spirit of excellence to make repairs, to paint on the ground, to mow, edge, trim, maintenance. Usually meet on Mondays and Thursdays. Great opportunity for some of you that say, you know what, I can do that. Here's another one, camera operator. Responsibility for operating the cameras inside the main auditorium, capturing the service, maybe one or two times a month. Experience is preferred, but not required. Pro presenter operator who puts all this wonderful stuff on the screen. Let's give them a hand today. Uh, Who's back there? I don't know. They're doing a great job. Is that you, Tanya? All right, stand up so I can see you. Oh, you are standing. (laughs) Now, why is she doing that? She's got a million other things that she could be doing this morning. Pro presenters responsible for projecting the lyrics, the sermon points. You serve both services maybe one or two times a month. If you have experience with a Mac computer, it's preferred but not required. Next door, they sent me this one. Somebody who just can love on the preschoolers while the parents can worship. Maybe one service. Maybe every week or maybe every other week. Some of your grandparents are really good at babies. 
Well, aren't you rocking a few and praying for them? Oh, I'm sorry, you've, you've had a busy week. You've been retired all week. <laughs> Am I too real today? I want to tell you, the next three teachings you hear, <clears throat> the next three teachings you hear, next four teachings, are some of the most important ones that have been delivered from this, from this stage. They've kept me up. And next week, a week after Tim, they've, they've kept you up. It's kept you up. You don't want to miss. And next week especially, you don't want to miss next one. So I'm not doing this Please hear me. I'm not doing this to guilt you. But I, just, I want you to use, make, your, make a difference with your life. Yeah. I said something to somebody last week. Are you ready to make a difference with your life? And that's what I would say to you today. Or maybe you could engage in social ministry. Hey, take out your phone. Social ministry, you help with uh, uh, everything that goes on. And I, I walked in and they were telling me back there we're already posting. Take out your phone and, and get your notes, get your sermon notes. Look, see, here's some other opportunities. I mean, that wasn't the end of it right there. Here's some other opportunities. Take your phone out. I'm going to do this with you, okay? And let's zero in on that QR code. Scan it. And it, my phone says in yellow, thefathershouse.com. I hit that. Boom. It comes up. Look what it says. What's it say at the top for any of you who did that? Serve like Jesus. And then it says, here's some serving opportunities. The creative team. And if you want to learn more, you hit learn more. And if you say, you know what? I think I can do that. We've made it so convenient for you. You hit email the leader. Who's the leader of the creative teams? Andrea. Andrea, why are you the leader of the creative teams? You've got so much to do here. Why are you the leader? Because somebody's got to do it. Community outreach. First impressions. Safety team. We want to be safe. Prayer and altar team. Family care team. Connection teams. Support teams kids and youth teams look at those little kids buildings and grounds sisterhood brotherhood by the way it was a great day yesterday at brotherhood breakfast wasn't it the opportunity of the A21 walk the opportunity to serve like Jesus in helping this project in, in Claremont So what's your next step? Let's pray. Father, would you allow the Holy Spirit to stir our heart today to see a need and simply say, I I've got this. Lord, don't let us just be spectators sitting back just watching but let us add value this week in serving here in the church or in our community and Lord would you, would you not let this just be a general message that somebody says yeah someday I'll do something about it 
But would you let us click there on the internet and say, I'm interested in this? Would you let us use a connection card, fill that out and say, I'm interested. I want to be part of that. I want to meet people in the parking lot when they first pull in in the morning and say, hi, how are you doing? Maybe they've had a, a week from hell, but with a smile as I parked, helped park their car. Maybe that's a place to start. Maybe it's the greeters at the front door. Maybe it's those that are next door that serve in security or serve in rocking some of those babies, teaching some of those preschool kids. Some of them don't have parents or they're from broken homes. Somebody here could be the instrument to change their destiny. And when they, they get to heaven and say, you taught my class when I was a kid. It changed my life. Maybe involved in the worship team, using a gift. To maybe just keeping the grounds clean. You know, I can push them more. I can ride them more. I think we got riding mowers. I, I, can, I can weed eat. I can, I can do something, you know, a day or two a week. Yeah, I, I can do that. It's not all day. Yeah, you know, I could, I could work with the camera and, you know, the pro presenter in the back, some of those things. I Would you just listen to what the Lord would say to you today? There's no excuse for not serving. No excuse. Now, Father, I continue to pray today for people that are listening or watching and they'd simply say, hey, you're talking about disciples of Jesus, following Jesus, and I don't even know what that means, and I, I, I don't know him. In fact, if I were to sit down with you today across the table and say, how is it in your life? How are you doing? You'd hem-haw around and say, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe things are not that great. Are you ready? To, do you know Jesus? Well, no, I know about him, but I don't know him. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's so full of love. He wants to wash your feet this morning. But not only your feet, he wants to wash all of you and make you clean. He wants to luah you, bathe you in his blood to make you clean today. He went to the cross. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And on the third day, he rose from the grave to give us a fresh start, a new beginning. I feel the Holy Spirit moving through this building today. There's some of you say, you know, I've been to church all of my life, and, but you've grown away from God. You've walked away. You're no longer in fellowship with him. And today you just feel like, you know, it's time to come home. I love those words, don't you? Come home, come home, come home. So today, before we sing another song of worship going out, we always worship together going out with a mighty song. If you're here today and you're uncertain of your destiny, your eternity, if you were to die today, you're not sure where you'd go. I want to lead you in a prayer that can help settle that. And you know once and for all that if you were to die today, you would be with the Lord Jesus. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. I'm not going to call you out, but I'm just going to ask you to simply make eye contact with me and raise your hand and say, Terry, I'd really like to be included in that prayer because I want to be sure that my heart's right with God, that everything is right with God. 
Would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me today and say, yeah, that's me. And those of you that are watching online, just raise your hand. I know you're here. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Thank you, sir. Others today, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for that sweet hand. Others say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. I know the Holy Spirit is speaking today. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for just saying, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. He's not number one in my life. I need Jesus. Others today, just lift your hand. That's me. That's me. Church, would you pray with me with those three or four who raised their hand this morning? Pray this prayer with me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior. I transfer my trust to you as best as I know how. I want to serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.